Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another es episode. That's live camera for you. Episode of Six Figure Souls. I'm doing good and making money. I am Camille Miller, the founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership, a soul-centered network uh, for so I'm really messing up today for a, a network, a global network for soul-centered entrepreneurs. Um, that create community together. I am doing another episode today and I'm really excited to bring to the table Denise Sorakozapi, author, medicine woman, and licensed massage therapist. Thank you, Denise, for being with us today. Great. Thank you so much, Camille. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I know you wanted to start by holding some sacred space for us. For Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for being open for that. Absolutely. Yeah, so I just want to kind of bring in, you know, the, the medicine to be with us today. So we welcome you, sacred ones, medicine ones, elders, ancestors of love from the east, the wind, from the south, the fire, from the west, the water, and the north, the earth, from down below, the rooted nations, the crystal people, the animal nations, Mother Earth, and up above, the angels and archangels, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, celestial beings, Father Sky. And we welcome you, Great Spirit, the sacred, our higher power here in the sacred center to please come and bring your medicine, your healing, your love, your insight. We welcome you. Aho. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's beautiful. Thank you. So let's open up by telling us or our, our viewers a little bit about yourself, but let's define medicine woman for those people that might not have heard of it, aren't sure what it is that might mm -hmm. be listening today. So I'm Denise Sirocco Zappi, owner and founder of INI Healing Arts Center here in Newton, New Jersey. We are located here in Newton, but we see clients pretty much all over the United States and also abroad as well. And we do that via Zoom, um, phone calls, etc. Okay. So we make use of good technology. Yeah. Um, and what a medicine woman is, is kind of like a shaman. It's just a different word for shaman. I don't necessarily resonate with the word shaman. It's okay. taken from the Tungus people from Siberia. That's what they call their medicine people. In every culture, there are medicine people all over the world. And um, the word shaman is just what the Tungus people, like I said, in Siberia, that's what they use to call oh their God. shamans, shaman. Um, you know, there's all kinds of words like the Goranderos and um, Central South America. There are the monks, you know, in the Tibetan culture. There are the Druids and Celtic culture. There's the medicine and holy people here in Native America, um, Native North America, I should say. Right. So um, I, you, I feel called to the word medicine woman. I love it. Thank you. So um, tell us a little bit about your backstory that brought you to being a medicine woman. Sure, no problem. So I've been called by the spirit since the age of two. I had grand mal seizures when I was really, really young. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it at the time. I grew up in a very traditional family and I still love them. They're still a big part of my life. And I bring some of those core values and traditions into my spiritual walk and, and business. Um, 
but it's actually one of the three common ways that you're called to be shaman this lifetime. Um, you, there's a couple caveats. You can't have like, um, like an actual condition. It has to be like a spiritual, only spiritual reason. You have to cross over. You have to connect with your guides. You have to um, receive insight or healing for yourself, bring it back to yourself, and then share it with the world. So I fall into that category. I didn't know it until I was in my 20s. And it began really um, after a lot of depression and severe anxiety. I wasn't living my truth. I was doing what mom and dad and society tells you to do is to go out there to corporate America and find a job and excel and work your way up the ladder. But it wasn't for me and I, I suffered a lot. <laughs> Did you always have this knowing of a spiritual sense? I have, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was two, I had my first seizure. Um, I was taught how to switch consciousness without the use of a sonic device like a drum or a rattle, which is traditionally used, but I was two. And I, it was just a download, you know, uh, the human brain wasn't able to process it. I was right. able to munch on that when I was more six or seven. And I've been connecting with the spirit world ever since then. I would journey, gosh, like three, four hours, three, four times a week when I was very little, all the way up until like I was a teenager. And I didn't know what I was doing. I called it night dreaming because I was daydreaming, but at nighttime because I would do it in the evening. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know what it was called. It was actually called journeying and I found out that later in life. But yes, I've been doing that literally my whole life. I just want to question, is yeah. that the same as when people say they take like a celestial journey, like a walk, a celestial walk, I think I hear. Is that the same thing or no? It's, yeah, sure, it's similar. Same it's, 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 it's accessing the unseen worlds. That's really what it is. Whether you're going up into the stars, down into the earth, or somewhere in between, it doesn't matter where you go, but it is accessing the unseen worlds and the unseen beings in those worlds. And are you dreaming in a dream state or are you in a conscious state? Or you're conscious. In yeah, in shamanism, we call it, or actually in, um, in, I think it's Kemetic culture and ancient Egyptian culture, it's called soul flight. It's where the Ba, the soul is, is leaving the body kind of like an out-of-body experience yeah. and going into a different realm beyond the boundaries that our physical bodies can go yeah love that okay. mm. um so you said and then as a teenager you can carry on you said as a oh, okay. teenager, you knew sorry <laughs> i just okay. wanted to jump in because it asked my question thank you thank you yeah, so as a teenager, I didn't know what I was doing. Again, I grew up very traditional. You know, I went to church. You know, I still carry those Christian roots and values. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, so I thought it was very childish. So I actually put it away when I was about 16 or 17 because I thought it was very childish to do. Yeah. And um, that's really when the anxiety, depression really kicked in. And um, to say I was off my path would be an understatement. It, it really tripped off a lot, a great, great deal of suffering to the point where I wanted to quite literally end my life. And I don't say that lightly. It was very painful. And it was through a great deal of um, awakening and my shamanic illness um, that really helped to launch me into where I am today, which was first healing myself and then empowering others 
so that they too, I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate to, you know, my story. And it's important that people like me step up to be seen and heard to help those who are suffering. And they just, they don't know, you know? So that's, that was the journey that I took. And that's what has happened ever since. Yeah. You talked, you mentioned your shamanic illness. Mm -hmm. Want to touch on that a little bit for, um, for the people that are listening that may be feeling that, maybe going through that. Sure. Uh, they might understand what it is. Because I, I really do believe, and I'm sure you do too, that the people that see the episodes that they see are exactly the people that need to be watching them. I completely you agree. Know? Yeah. So a shamanic illness is, okay, you know, you, you think that you're a shaman or you are walking a pseudo-shaman path, but this is really going to push you Um, to either answer the call or stay sick, okay? So a shamanic illness will come in. Uh, They call it a shamanic illness because it doesn't have a root in the physical body. Although you're having physical body symptoms, emotional, mental symptoms, there's nothing wrong with you that uh, Western medicine can diagnose. And that ended up, I followed into that or fell into that category. So I went to every doctor, just like I did when I was having seizures when I was two, I was a pin cushion. I went through everything through Western medicine. Thankfully, yeah. knock on wood, everything came back normal. So there was nothing physically wrong with me. And I was actually out on disability from my full-time work because I couldn't lift my head up off the pillow in the morning. That's how bad it got. I was having all kinds of uh, um, psychosomatic symptoms that were manifesting in the body, uh, creating a lot of dizziness and imbalance because I was I felt like I was walking on clouds all the time. I was deeply, and that's just being ungrounded. But when you start adding some of these other symptoms, like severe sensitivity suddenly to light, um, and this all, all this happened after the last seizure I had, I was 20 and uh, it was a grand mal seizure. And um, I went up, I distinctly remember where I went. The trees were pink. It was beautiful. All my guides were there, angels. It was the most beautiful, loving, peaceful, light-filled place I've ever really, it's nothing that you can compare to here on the earth. Okay. And they told me I had a lot of important things to do. I didn't want to leave. They're like, you have to go back. You have to go back. I'm like, no, please don't send me back there. There's so much suffering. I'm not happy there. I'd rather stay here with you guys. So I begged and um, boom, there I was back in my body and just the density of the earth and feeling the, the stark difference between where I just was and where my soul was now back in the physical earth realm, <laughs> night and day. And I'm like, ugh, I'm back here. <laughs> so, um, and then I got really sick. That's when the illness started coming into place was because I'm here to do you know, I'm here to serve, I'm here to light the way, and I wasn't doing it. So I could either stay stuck in that trauma and in that misalignment, or I could move forward. So clearly, you know what I chose. (laughs) In in those moments though, did you know it was shamanic illness? No. You wouldn't have known, right? Because I think a lot of people have the same story, although I think their illness is probably different, but it's something I hear it all the time. Like Western medicine couldn't help me. Right. And I had to go find, and usually whatever they found is now their business. 
That's correct. Absolutely, Camille. Same, right? Um, at, it's so similar. Time. Okay. It's just a different path. Everyone, you know, some people turn to yoga. Some people turn to Wicca. Some people turn to all kinds of things. All kinds. It's all the same, right? They have to find healing. We in this culture, we tend to go to Western medicine first. When they fail us, then we become. I don't want to say desperate, but I want to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Open to possibilities. Yeah. Open right? to the things. other stuff. Yep. Exactly. So then we start going down that path. We end up finding what we're here to do. And absolutely. Then we're, we're like, okay, this is, this is what's real. This is the medicine. This is what I need to help other people find for those who are feeling called. Wow. That's a beautiful yeah. story. Thank so you. So after you went through this metamorphosis really right yeah yeah um as you're coming out the other side how did you choose what to do where to go and start building a business from that walking the path that i walk i do everything with my higher power everything Beautiful. so i do a lot of self-reflection meditation getting out into nature my self-care goes skyrocketing i take very good care of myself so i can be clear and hear the direction from the great spirit, Christ, whoever your higher power is. That's, I call the higher power the sacred. Okay. So um, whoever, like when I am able to still myself and feel good, I can hear the sacred and I follow, I trust. And that has been very difficult to be honest because we're taught to, you know, yeah, to control and, well, this is how it's supposed to be. And those mental patterns that we've accepted from others and from society, they just, they may or may not work for us. So that was part of my journey was just slowing down, tapping in, listening, and choosing to trust what I receive, whether I succeeded or failed. Yeah. And I, and I just want to interject. I think we all go through that thing, no matter where we're headed. And I'm a recovering control addict myself. <laughs> and the hardest part is to let go. Yeah. And just, it's kind of like that Jesus take the wheel, you know, whatever yes. you believe in. <laughs> yes. You know, to just kind of allow things to flow and the right things will flow to you. But it is the hardest thing to do. It Correct. is the hardest thing to do. A new exercise that I just started with some personal clients is doing a receiving journal, which I feel is different than a gratitude journal mm -hmm. and just almost in a meditative state, but completely to openness without resistance, just yes. write longhand because I believe when you write, you think from a different place and mm -hmm. I believe it's actually true. Um, do just, just write whatever's being downloaded to you just freely, like with no resistance, no thought, just, just keep writing and writing and writing and receiving whatever it is in that state of mind and not to look at it for 24 hours mm. because your resistance builds up to it. Absolutely. And then to, you know, either bring it to us, to me and we'll go through it together or, or just to kind of view what you got in a download when you didn't resist. It's a, it's a completely, different way of looking at things, but it really is Camille. Yeah. And that's a beautiful way of, of moving through that resistance. I actually very much love that tool and I apply a similar tool to my clients as well. Yeah. And yeah. another one that's really helpful is what I call a water ceremony where you do a ritual bath. Okay. And the intention is just to let 
go and receive. Similar, very similar. Instead of writing, you're just giving everything over to your higher power in this bath because it's warm and it's it's delicious. It's you know if you get essential oils going, maybe some soft music in the background. It helps the body. It's not just the mind, but even down to the physical body to actually let go and receive on not the mental level or not just the mental level, but the emotional, the spiritual and the physical as well. Does well, I'm just curious because I do this completely on my own. Um, I, I always go into my hot tub to like meditate or go into a meditation yeah. because I can't actually just sit there and meditate. I've never been able to do it. I can do guided, um, I can listen to music. There are certain voices, uh, sounds, mm -hmm. but I can't go into quiet, but I can in a hot tub. It's the weirdest mm -hmm. thing. Right. So now that you're saying this, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think I do that. So I'm curious, does the water have a like a, a, a power to it? Does it does it matter yes. that it's water because you're free floating? Because I feel very free in water. Absolutely. Like I'm almost like home in water. Yeah. And some people have that experience and others don't. So water is just a powerful ally for you, oh, I would okay. say in shamanic terms. Okay. But water, um, all traditional ancient cultures believe that water is actually a portal. And it is the water that we receive and the water that we give to. So you're in this place in between, which in shamanism is exactly the place we go to when we're connecting with the sacred. That's so water, especially water, is incredibly powerful that way. That's very interesting. Thank yeah. you for hearing that. Thank you. So I also, like when we were saying about the different things that we do for our clients, mm -hmm. so you probably like me, we're probably similar, is that I help people build businesses, but they're very soul centered. So yes. I feel like I'm sure the same, that they already know their truth. I'm just the catalyst, right? Yeah. It comes from them and it's just a way of bringing Absolutely. it out. Some of the things that they were resisting. So I know where they're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a it's a beautiful thing. But Absolutely, Camille. We have all the answers inside of us. Everybody. Does. It just yeah. takes a skilled coach to be able to help you tap into those innate answers within. I love it. I love yeah. it. So, how did you go from that state to <laughs> becoming a coach? Um, um, I know that you're also uh, a massage therapist, mm -hmm. right? Um, bring us into that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, when you suffer for, I was suffering for about six or seven years by the time I had my full recovery. It was a very long time. It took me a long time to really figure out what was going to be the thing to heal me and to help me get on my trajectory. Um, and of course, there's a ton of resistance, you know, when we're talking about being an entrepreneur, when we're talking about being um, active and public in our spirituality and our soul-centeredness, yeah. Um, not everyone agrees with it. So it takes a lot of internal confidence that takes some time to really develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you can relate to that yeah. too, right? Yeah. So um, I, I'm sorry. To be totally you, I would say like you do you. Yes. Like, and that's it. There is no competition in the world when you're just you. Correct. Because there's one unique frequency and that's it. That's you. Right. So um, I was guided by the sacred to fuse the medicine, not just in the spiritual, but down into the physical. That's why they had guided me very strongly, actually, to um, get my license in massage therapy. So I've had that for about a decade now. And that's a big part of what what I do and, and like how how the medicine wanted to flow through 
to access the people. So it's not just all spiritual, but it's spiritual, emotional, I'm sorry, emotional, mental, physical. Love so that. that's, that journey was just kind of learning these tools, applying these tools, not just to myself, but to others. And slowly but surely, um, my practice began to grow and grow and grow. I've also been teaching people how to, like, basically the way the shaman and these shamanic healing tools, because, you know, they helped me. Why wouldn't they help other people? So 10, 15, oh, I've had my practice for 15 years. Wow. I've been doing the teaching and the massage for 10, but over the past 15 years, I've watched like thousands of people who've walked through my doors and laid on my table and have completed the training programs. I've watched them have miracles and I don't use that word lightly. Like I've had, I've watched the sacred come in. I've watched them take the hand of the sacred and make a miracle out of themselves and their lives. And I've, I've watched it for 15 years, for them, for me, for my husband, literally for our dog. Like everything in our life has taken on like this like magical thing. And like, it has just been truly the honor of my life to witness this. So that's what the journey looked like. I love that. So who you. do you align yourself with? Because I'm a big believer in your community, the people that surround you. Because so many times as people are taking this journey, mm -hmm. I don't know if you did it, um, there's there's people that don't see it the way you see it. You know, yeah. that are, it, you get the resistance. And I always say, you know, your current friends and family usually are not on your side. Like if you're <laughs> just having this awakening mm -hmm. or feeling this pull or purpose, um, family and friends are usually not your allies I would and it's, it's really about finding people that are aligned with you or yes. listening to someone because I know like um, I'm probably in a different place now but I started with like Abraham Hicks and mm -hmm. and reading books and books and books about yeah. like oh my gosh that was me oh my gosh to a place of pure um, confidence which took a while even even with the community I was looking for people like me because I couldn't find them right so I created it so who do you align yourself with to to stay on that higher frequency are there people that you follow books you read um to be honest Camille everything for me is just me in spirit like that's that's who I follow I follow the sacred okay and um, what I do because I didn't have that community for myself so what uh, my husband and I have done is we've created a community here that's you know people who come who want to learn and explore their spiritual gifts those who are ready to awaken themselves and be aligned like you said Camille with people who are on the similar path yeah um, that's why we have the tribes and we have the shaman tribes we have the psychic development tribes and any class that you take here you are inside of a tribe for the very reason that you just mentioned Camille it is important to have people who are like-minded to support you because of, like you said it's not usually close friends and family at the beginning yeah absolutely yes. Yeah. Um, when we used to, we don't any longer, but we used to have in-person meetings when we actually started and we literally would have people show up and, oh, it's almost like a coming out. Like I haven't yeah. told my family yet, or I'm seeing this, or I don't know what this is. And thankfully we had people that could support them and, and help them along their journey. But I never saw that happening 
mm-hmm. that like people hid it so much. Like it was a yes. pain in their side. So tell us a little bit about, um, you do retreats now, is that correct? Like when you talk about these mm-hmm. tribes, are they classes, are they retreats, are they communities? They're everything. These people want <laughs> training. Okay. Yeah. So um, they they are a, we call it a program. We call okay. it a shamanic mentorship program. That's one of them. And then we also have the Beyond the Veil program, which is the psychic development program. And uh, the shamanic mentorship program. That's the one where we, at the end of the year, go on a retreat. We call it Initiation Weekend. That usually happens in August. And that's where they take everything that they've learned for the past year, they apply it, and then they take the next big step forward in trusting themselves and their alliance with their spirit guides. And there's a lot of ceremony that weekend. It's incredibly deep. It is just so powerful and transformative. That happens every year. And the shaman program is a three-year program. Uh, Years one and two um, are just to give you the basics and then we have the third year as the advanced gotcha wow i didn't realize that yeah very nice and psychic development you have that program as well correct yeah we say a few words because i get so many calls Mm -hmm. on where to go so i'd kind of like to hear it too (laughs) yeah absolutely that's one of our highest touch programs um this is very individualized inside of a tribe so this is where people come and we give them a sampling of all the different modalities inside of psychic development from medical intuition to crossing over spirits to mediumship to aura reading to chakras to reading someone's energy there's all kinds of topics including lunar and solar cycles how to work within them Uh, working with the spirits of nature, all in a very shamanic context. So my husband and I, we lead these programs. Um, We just closed the first program because we got all the students that we could handle inside of it. Um, But we might be opening one up in the near future. Um, So what that looks like is uh, people, they have gifts, they just don't know what they are. They don't know where their specialties are. They want to awaken them. They want to utilize them. Perhaps even make a business out of it. We support that. I love it. So what we do is they come, we show them or we teach them about these psychic development tools and modalities. And then we go out and practically apply them. We take little class trips and we go to the local community and we put them into practice. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yep. I will definitely yep. keep that in mind. I can't tell you how many people turn to me, have calls, or during while we're creating businesses, something else develops. And I and Absolutely. I and I see it happen all the time because as soon as you open that portal, you know, it floods back in. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I can tell that you have all this passion and love for your work. It, it, it shows in every word that you utter. It's just beautiful. What do you see next for you in your business? The next step for us is um, we wish to be of better service to our community. Okay. That means we need to get a bigger space. So we are currently looking at... Um, a big Victorian house with upstairs for the bedrooms for all the services, individual services, not just me, but other people. We all have gifts. I want to help support people in honoring and applying those gifts. Okay. And then the downstairs, um, again, other people, they have uh, retail. They, there's a beautiful store called Yamaya Moon Boutique. She's right here in Newton. She makes the most amazing stuff. 
and I want to help support her, give her space to help sell her stuff in, and then the teaching space inside of this place as well. Oh my God. So, and then there's also a retreat center that we're building out. So all this will be happening hopefully in the next year or so, not maybe a little bit shorter. I've been looking already. <laughs> I'm just curious, as you started to build your business's empire, the classes, you went from mm -hmm. singles to classes to groups mm -hmm. and the retreats, and now this new thing, were there ever times where you were scared or you weren't sure or... Every day, Camille. I'll go through. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> trying to share it, yeah. That, and that's the truth. Every yeah. day you wake up, you feel like, oh, really? Really? Is that where we're going today? Okay. You know, you just trust it. You, you feel the fear and you do it anyways. Okay. Yeah. This is, that's the best path to fearlessness that I've ever experienced. You know, because people tell me, Denise, you're so fearless. You'll just do whatever. I'm like, well, it doesn't mean I don't feel it. There's always that doubt. There's always that insecurity, but you feel it, you acknowledge it. And you're like, I, I just got to at least try, at least show up. And yeah. See yeah. I, I think that's the difference between owning a business and being an entrepreneur. Yeah. That's what I've, I've actually learned even more interviewing people in the, for this summit, the difference. There's a big difference between having a business that you're just working all the time and being an entrepreneur where you're creating right you're creating and fulfilling and creating and fulfilling and there's always this uncomfortableness but i think that's as you level up yeah right? i think when you're uncomfortable and you do it anyway that's where you're really kind of breaking through that zone of genius i call it you know yeah, you're that's, getting that's you're how outside you know that you're comfort moving. zone yep that's mm -hmm. that's the difference between business and entrepreneurship you're not just doing the same thing every day you're creating you're adapting especially what we just went through with the pandemic and i say the whole year of 2020 as it keeps shifting for us you know entrepreneurs keep going they keep growing they keep wanting to build um many of us uh, especially on the spiritual side have done very very well have been incredibly busy mm -hmm. um because we just kind of allowed it to happen and followed what we felt was right. That's, what That's right. I couldn't agree more with you, Camille. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Denise, for a beautiful interview. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Camille. Do thank you, you everyone who's the, listening. Do you need to close the space or are we good? Always. Yep. So we just want to say thank you to the sacred ones who came to our ancestors, to the elders, to the sacred ones who came to help us, to support us. Please continue to watch over us this day and each day moving forward. Aho. Thank you. Thank you.